Welcome to the Walk With Me podcast. I'm Pastor Stephen Bond from Divine Church in Chapel Hill, Tennessee, and I am so excited that you are walking with me. What that means is we are walking together through God's Word, just about three chapters a day, and uh, you're going to get the most out of this if you read these chapters independently and then listen to the podcast, but they're going to be short, 10 to 15 minutes each day, so that you can listen to at the start or the finish of each day, and I believe that it'll bless you as it's blessed. Me. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. Today's passage is from Psalm 40, 41, and 42. Lots to talk about today. Psalm chapter 40. David says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog. He set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. And uh, he goes on to say, I will proclaim and tell of them. All of the wondrous thoughts of you, God, I will proclaim and tell them, yet they are more than can be told. In sacrifice and offering, you have not delighted, but you have given me an open ear. One of the things that he starts off in, in his heart's cry here is, you know, just saying, Lord, you, you've been my deliverer, and I'm grateful that you've been my deliverer. And um, because you have delivered me, I'm going to give back to you the praise and the gratitude and the worship that you are worthy of. I'm going to give back to you the um, testimony that you're worthy of. I'm going to tell of what you have done to anyone that will listen. And he says, but really it's more than could ever be told the things that you've done for me. And I, I mean, and that hits me. I feel that, you know. I think, how could I ever really start to tell of all the wondrous things that God has done. Many times in my life when there's been a significant move of God or when I've just felt His, felt his hand near nearest, a lot of times I'll try to document it, write some notes down, put some... I've got so many Bibles that are filled with sheets of paper with things written on them that I just didn't want to forget because there's such a nature of man that's forgetful. Man doesn't have any trouble remembering his his trouble but he has a great deal of difficulty remembering his blessings and one of the reasons for that is because we have a real enemy that prowls around and the scripture says he's looking for someone to devour and one of the greatest ways and weapons that he uses to devour us is by recalling forth to our remembrance um, our fears and our disappointments and our failures and he tries his hardest to flood the believers' minds with reasons not to hope and reasons to not believe. And so um, one of the greatest ways that we can throw a wet blanket on the enemy's schemes is by calling forth to remembrance the many mighty good things that God has done. And it takes, it takes intentionality to do it. You will not wake up in the morning, roll out of bed, and your thoughts be flooded with the, the last seven great things God's done in your life over the last year. 
because one, your carnal nature is too forgetful, and two, your full-time adversary is against your mind predominantly more than he's against anything else in your life. And so you're going to have, uh, if you're going to sit around and wait on, on, on a time of remembrance and worship and praise of God to happen, you'll be waiting for quite some time um, because you're going to have to learn to be more disciplined than that. And so David, is, David was passionate about, you know, he, he told his soul what to do. David was, was passionate about that. And he would wake up and basically say, hey, soul, wake up and remember how good God is because you've fallen asleep again, soul. You, you, you've drifted again and you've started to think about what you can see and what you can feel and what you can touch, but you need to wake up and remember our God and what he's done to lead us to this point and how he won't desert us here. And so, you know, he, he says, um, it goes on to say, you haven't delighted in sacrifice and offering, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt, and, burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, behold, I have come in the scroll of the book that it, it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O oh my God. Your law is within my heart. And so, you know, this is kind of debunking a bit of, um, I think, a spiritual misunderstanding that the God of the Old Testament is so different from the God of the New Testament and that specifically the God of the Old Testament, um, which we know isn't true. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, But I think there was a, there's kind of a myth that in the Old Testament that there were these, uh, you know, sacrifices and... and um, uh, rituals and and uh, you know these these sort of things that, that were taking place that were always a supplemental uh, to one's sin and, and one's choices, but that's not true. God has always, always desired faith and repentance and obedience, and He has always rewarded those who have faith. Listen, repentance and obedience, faith, repentance, and obedience. And everyone from the start of Scripture to the end of Scripture has been celebrated and rewarded who has had faith, repentance, and obedience. The, the sacrificial system of giving, uh, of sin offerings and burnt offerings was always an expression. It's a manifested expression of what? Faith, repentance, and obedience. And we have those systems still in place today. We give of our offerings and of our, we give of our money and we give of our time and we come to church and we meet in buildings and we sing songs and we give special offerings to missionaries and to uh, special events. And we do, you know, we do all of these things and we, you know, we take of communion and, and we've got, all, we've got our own, you know, things happening. But God has always been after your heart more than he's ever been after your your motions and the movements of your your hands and the workings of your feet and i think that for all of time people have been um uh rather uh comfortable with the idea of that they could fool god and go through the motions you know and and the word even says in in, in amos i think it's I think it's in a minor prophet book i think it's amos that says he says the lord says get away from me with your noisy songs of praise you know, this is a powerful passage that just says, you know, I don't even like, I can't, he, he goes, I can't stand the sound of your worship. And, and that's one of the hardest things you could ever hear, that God would ever look at my worship and go, that's just disgusting to me. Get that out of my face. Why, why, would, he, why would he ever say that? Well, it's kind of like this. Imagine catching your, your spouse in adultery. We're going to go there a little bit this morning. Imagine catching your spouse in adultery and lies. Imagine as your spouse is 
verbally abusive to you and always cutting you down and 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 cursing at you and 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 all of that and then and then you know one night you know song comes on the radio and it you know it's a love song and you know he you know he or she is you know baby oh baby you know and trying to serenade you and everything you know you you know you kind of just you what do you do you roll your eyes at that right that's gross i don't want you i don't want your song right because we know deep down that your actions define where your heart lies right and so it's like hey get that get that get that out of my face i don't want i don't want that and, and that's God. That's God. He goes, you know, I love your worship. I love your praise. As long as it's coming from your heart cry that's really towards me. But don't you just go through the motions. Don't just bring your sacrifice. Don't just drop your money in the offering. Don't just, you know, lip sync to those worship those worship songs. I'm a pastor, church. I, I, <laughs> I There's some... There's some lip syncers out there. We got Millie Vanilli coming to church every Sunday sometimes. <laughs> you know, God says, I don't, I don't, why, why are you going to try to fool me? I just want your heart. I just want your heart. And so David gets that and he goes, God, I just, you've got my heart. I delight to do your will. Your law is within my heart. Righteousness is my greatest concern is living righteously to you. And, um, so he, he said, you know, um, I know that all who seek you will rejoice and be glad and they will continuously say great is the Lord. And so basically he's saying, you've delivered me, you've been my hope and therefore what I'm going to do is spread your testimony everywhere I go and my heart is going to be postured towards you. And Psalm 41, he says, blessed is the one who considers the poor in the day of trouble, the Lord delivers him. And, uh, you know, the Lord sustains him on his sickbed in his illness. You restore him to full health later on by this. I know that you delight in me. My enemy will not shout and triumph over me. You have upheld me because of my integrity and set me in your presence forever. You know, this is just a good response for us. We need to understand that whenever vengeance is not ours, it belongs to God. And no matter what is going on in my life, integrity is always my, my goal. That I, would, uh, that, I would, um, that I would be righteous and just and holy in every circumstance and every situation. And I would let the Lord... Uh, do my defending and my vindicating and, and all of the things and that I would just you know seek to not act listen not act out of my circumstance okay it's hard not to act out of your circumstance you know like he says blessed is the one who considers the poor okay so we sometimes my circumstance causes me to only consider me but I'm supposed to consider the poor consider the needy consider the hurting around me to be selfless to think of others um, as greater than myself to love others, you know, and to give freely and and um, basically There's a principle here where David says the Lord takes care of those who set their sights on taking care of others now now this is a crazy principle <laughs> Because it has often been misquoted that it's in the Bible that the Lord takes care of those who take care of themselves it, you know, wherever you're at, just raise your hand if you ever heard that before. Hey, listen, Pastor Stephen here, that is not in the Bible, church. <laughs> that You cannot quote that. It is not in there. I don't even care what translation you get to. You, not until you reach the devil's translation will you, will you find a verse that says the Lord takes care of those who take care of themselves. That's just, that's just the opposite of Scripture. The Bible says you can take care of others freely. Because I'm taking care of you.
That's powerful. He says, you can go ahead and let your hand off of controlling your life and micromanaging every detail because I've got you. Now I made you to go help them. Isn't that powerful? All right, Psalm, Psalm 42. This is a powerful Psalm. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God, when I shall come and appear before God. And so, you know, David, you know, we sing this song, you know, As the deer panteth for the water, so my soul life after thee. That's, that's for no charge this morning. You guys just got that one on the house. You know, we, 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 we used to sing that song in church all the time. I think they're still doing renditions of that present day. It's a beautiful passage. It's a beautiful song. And, you know, I think many of us have sung it and read it, and we've really never thought a whole lot about it. But I want to just, just kind of go a little deeper into this today. Deer don't pant. Do you know that? You ever seen a deer before? Okay. You ever seen a deer with his tongue hanging out like a Rottweiler? <laughs> right? No. You really, you haven't. I mean, no, no, one, no one has really very rare. It's a very rare sighting that you would ever see a deer like that. Because um, deer are actually extremely well hydrated. And, um, and so they're not actually animals that do a lot of panting. It's just not in their nature. Now, there is only one instance where you will ever see a deer pant. Okay? And it is and it is right after it has been in the fight of its life and it has reached a level of maximum energy and adrenaline using everything that it has to run away from a predator or an enemy. It is only in that moment that you would ever see a deer pant and then it would need replenishment, okay? It would need some Gatorade from all the electrolytes that they've just depleted, right? It's in that moment that a deer would then look for a source of replenishment. And David, so that's actually the powerful verbiage here. It's not as the dog pants. Well, dogs sit around pant all the time. No, no, no. As the deer who's just fleed for its life is panting for a drink, that's how much I want you, God. I am running as hard as I can away from evil and I know that the only thing that will replenish me is you, God. And I am thirsty for nothing but you. Please replenish what I've exhausted in the fight of my life. You know, that's, that's the context here. And so uh, David then goes on and, and, and says um, one of my favorite things. And, and um, it says, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? I love David. He was, such a, he was such a man who understood that his soul wasn't to be listened to, but that he needed to sit his soul down sometimes and tell it to listen up. And this is another one of those moments where he's in, in your soul is your mind. It's your emotions. It's your will. It's what you, it's what you feel led to do. That's your soul. It's a, it's a, it's a big feeling box. Okay, but but so he says, okay, listen up, soul. I don't know why you're cast down. You need to hope in God because I shall again praise him, right? My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you. Okay, so this is a powerful thing. He says, when my soul gets downtrodden, 
When my mind and my emotions are, are, are feeling low, then I sit my soul down. I tell it to shut up for a little bit. And I go, hey, soul, remember God. Remember God. Remember how he saved me. Remember all the mighty works that he's done. Remember how he's healed me, how he's delivered me. And when my soul, he says, when my soul is cast down, I remember. I remember. And he goes on and he finishes in that same way. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. You know, there's a powerful text in there that we quote a lot. It says, deep calls to deep. Verse 7, deep calls to deep. He says, from the depth of my despair, I'm calling out to the depth of all you are, which is far greater. And I'm praying, Lord, that you would deliver me out of your, out of your abundance from, from the dreadfulness that I'm experiencing, from the, from the deep uh, of what I'm feeling, that you would come and wash your deep over me. And, and so he, he's crying from one depth of despair out to another depth of victory. And he's saying, soul, wake up. And praise the Lord, hope in God, because this isn't the end, this is only the beginning. You know, last thing I want to leave you with is, you know, everyone needs to get real good at preaching, okay? It doesn't matter if you stand on a stage, it doesn't matter if you do a podcast, it doesn't matter if you teach in children's ministry, adult ministry, youth ministry, it doesn't matter. Everyone needs to get real good at preaching, because the person that needs to hear you preaching the most is you. You need to learn to start preaching to yourself. You might think that I preach a lot. Um, to, to my congregation or to this podcast or all the different things. We're, we're starting a seminary soon and, and I'll be doing a lot of teaching and preaching there. But I'm telling you, there is nobody that I, that I preach to more than my soul. I wear out my soul, okay? My, my soul's butt is numb from the preaching that I, that, I, that I give to it because I have days like anyone else where my soul wakes up and it's downtrodden and it's cast down and I, and I, gotta, I gotta go, okay, here we go. All right, so here we go. All right, God's good. He's delivered me. He's bought me at a high price. Not so that I can lay around and do this. I got to get up and get out there and wake up and praise the Lord and bless the Lord. Come on, soul. You know, and, and that's, and it, you have to learn to start preaching yourself up out of despair. Don't wait on somebody else to do it. You're, you do it. You pull yourself up out of that pit and start, and start doing what you know is right. Declaring the Lord's testimony and His faithfulness again.